a young Russian man is held captive in China. The only way to escape? Get voted off the island. Then we travel to Australia to meet a woman who was just walking out to her car one day when she saw something very bizarre. Three men standing on top of it. And then we travel to Florence to meet a man who spent his life studying the ancient forms of Egyptian mummification. When he put on an exhibit of the bodies he preserved himself, people accused him of practicing black magic. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, we got to introduce our newest Patreon supporter, the lights fall low, the steam arises. I gotta get that stuff fixed. The dead rabbit command. Sorry, I didn't pay the electric bill or the steam shutoff bill. Coming in like a pro wrestler, fireworks going off right in your face. You can't see anything. It's Dr. Main. Everyone give a round of applause as we're coughing on the smoke. Dr. Main enters the building. Dr. Main, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or if you don't know how to get someone into a figure four, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Dr. Main, you can you can wear your wrestling spandex the rest of the episode. It's totally fine. But I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dreadnought. That's our battleship that we take on stories that may need some additional firepower. So Dr. Main, head up to the captain quarters. He's like, I want to hear the episode. Ah, you can hear it later. Right now you have to pilot the boat. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command, we are headed out to China. The Dead Rabbit Dreadnought is cutting lines through the Pacific Ocean. So this story actually just got wrapped up the other day, and I want to say I got most of my information from an article on oddityscentral.com written by Spooky. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Spooky. Appreciate putting the work in to get this article. Really, really appreciate it. It's April... 2021 and the dead rabbit dreadnought is pulled up just in time we're on this island in china and we see a bunch of dudes they're dancing they're doing dancing moves and there's like a choreographer guy and he's like dance more dance more he's a really bad choreographer and we see all it's like 90 dudes just like singing and dancing and we're seeing all this stuff and we realize we're actually on the set of a reality show specifically it's like a find the next boy band show this show's very popular in China. They're going to take 90 young men, whittle it down to 11. And that will, that's a huge boy band, by the way. That's, that's too big. So they're going to take these 90 boys and then whittle it down to 11. And that is their boy band. That's the concept of this show. We've gotten here. We're sitting in the audience and we're seeing these dudes dancing. And they're spinning and they're kicking and all this stuff. And then this one guy walks out on stage and he's like barely dancing. He's like just kind of like going through the motions. And then there's that part where he has to sing and he's like, my love for you is so strong. It's not really. And we're like, what? Is he like giving up on the song? And he's just not that good. But we're looking at each other and this show started in February. This is April now. This guy has made it through almost every elimination round. And he's up there, he's just kind of bumbling around, he's checking his phone. He's like, yeah, I'm checking my phone, got a text message from my mom. His heart is not into it. This guy's name is Vladslav Ivanov. He's 27 years old, and he's doing his little, he's doing his little dance, he's doing his little singing, he's checking his phone, he's tying his shoes. And then he turns to the camera and he goes, guys, please vote me off this week. 
please. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I got tricked. I got tricked into being here. Well, it wasn't really a trick, but it's a long story. But guys, please. I'm not joking. This isn't some sort of act where I'm trying to act endearing. Please, please vote me off. For the love of God, I've been here since February. Please vote me off. Next week, next week they eliminate five people, but Vladslav is still there. This is 100% a true story. What happens, he's a really good-looking dude, he speaks fluent Chinese, and he has a buddy who's working on this reality show. And the buddy says, hey, listen, we need a guy who can speak fluent Chinese and English because we have some Japanese contestants over and they can speak English, but they can't really speak Chinese that well. Would you mind helping us out? So Vlatslav goes, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it. So he comes to the island and he's getting paid to do this job and he's kind of escorting people around and kind of just checking his phone a lot, right? Checking his phone, translating when need be. But whenever they'd be like, okay, all the contestants get here in this line, we're going to take this photo shoot. The director of the show would be like, hey, you too. Come on. Come on. Get in line. He's like, oh, I'm not on the show. I'm just a translator. And Oh, I'm sorry. Director's like, oh, I'm sorry. And this kept happening over and over and over again. The director would be like, okay, guys, it's time for this. Uh, we're doing another photo. That's all we're doing today. One more photo. Vladislav would be like, no, 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 I'm not part of it. So eventually director goes, listen, you're really good looking. And you're this Russian guy. It'd be kind of a novel thing to have a Russian guy in an Asian band why don't you audition? And he's thinking about it, and he goes, yeah, you know, why not? He's probably checking his phone, not really paying attention. And to be fair, if someone came to you and said, would you like to be rich and famous, at first glance, you're going to go, yeah, yeah. I think even at second and third glance, you're going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not really thinking about it. So he signs a contract. The show starts. And it's only a couple weeks in. He's like, oh, I hate this. I can't sing. I can't dance, and I don't like all the attention I'm getting. I just kind of want to play on my phone and do some translation, so I want to quit. And that's when the show producers say, the contract you sign, if you leave the show, you're going to get heavily fined for it. This is a legally binding contract. And this I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I think it did. This is on an island. So it's not like he could just leave and run away anyways. He's trapped on this island with a bunch of boy band people and this contract looming over him. So he goes, okay, they won't release me from my contract. <laughs> Plan two is I'm going to suck so badly that of course they're going to vote me off. But because he was sucking, the audience was like, they're so, like you had this whole contingent of people who watch the show and they're so sick of boy band culture. They're so sick of people preening in front of the camera and always trying to be famous and always trying to put on their best side so they can become successful. And here's a guy who's like, I don't want it. I don't want it. He's winning votes every single week. Other people were going home who were better than him. He's like, what, what type of hell am I trapped into? And after he would sing and dance, he would turn to the camera and say, please, Please vote me out. Here's one of his quotes. Here's one of his quotes. So it's like a reality show where the judges will judge you. They'll give you like a grade, but it's up to the audience to vote you off. This is one of his quotes here. Quote, I hope the judges won't support me. While the others want to get an A, I want to get an F as it stands for freedom. So that was his mentality. He said that to the audience. He said that to the judges. Please don't let me progress to the next round. And he kept progressing. He got all the way up to the finals. He got all the way up to the second to the last episode where there was like 24 people left out of this 90. 
and he is pleading to the judges, please, please. He goes, listen, this television show has been utter hell. I didn't want to do it. I signed a contract. The judges are just like sitting there. This is on television. He's like, please, I don't want to do this. Send me home. Because I'm telling you, if I hate doing this show, being in a boy band would be ten times worse. Like, if you have any if you have any mercy in your heart, judges, you will eliminate me from this boy band show. And I think at that point, the judges made a call. Because in China, people were, people were buying billboards. He, he went by the name Lelouch. He went by the name Lelouch, which is an anime character. People were buying billboards in China saying, vote Lelouch. So even people who weren't watching the show, they're like, oh, maybe he's a city councilman. Maybe I should vote for him. They were trying to keep him on the show because it was so refreshing to see someone who didn't want to be a celebrity. And in Russia, people in Russia are watching the show too. And there's this citizen of theirs, there's this countryman of theirs being, please, let me go. He's on television, like some sort of hostage tape. He's like, please, let me go. In Russia, they started a campaign as well, saying, free Lelouch. Get him out of there. Like, we, he doesn't want to be there. But he signed that contract, and in the end, the judges sent him home. The judges sent him home, and he was fi- He finally got his F. He finally got his freedom. And the fans were disappointed. They really, they really wanted to see him enslaved in a boy band until the end of time. They're like, here you go. We're going to sign this contract with endless options for a renewal. He's like, no. So that is the story of Lelouch, a.k.a. Vladslav. That's why I read that story and I had a good chuckle. To his credit, he was put in a group for, I watched this video, he was put in a group for one event. Like they were going to see how five people acted together. And he's like, he's like barely dancing in the corner and stuff like that. He is checking his phone. That's why I kept making those jokes. And then he goes, I'm going to, he goes, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to be on the show. He's saying this in like this little promo video. He's like, I don't want to be on the show. I just want to talk on my phone and talk and call my mom. It's so funny. He's miserable. But he goes, I see my teammates are relying on me. Like, if I don't do good, the entire team could fail. So he does kick it into gear. And he's, like, learning all the dance moves. And he's, like, working for hours and hours. Because he knew in that moment he wanted to leave, but he couldn't He couldn't bail on his team. So that was really cool. Like, as much as he wanted to leave, <laughs> the judges are like, great job. We're keeping you for another week. He's like, no. But he was, that was cool. Like, I liked watching that video where he says, I don't want to be on this show. But my team's relying on me. So he practiced, practiced, practiced. You're a good guy, Vladslav. I'm glad you are finally home. Don't sign any more contracts like that, though. Dr. Main, I want you to get me in a chokehold. <laughs> I got some sort of I got some sort of weirdo fetish all of a sudden. Give me a chokehold and put me in a state of near sleep. And then you can pull the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible out of my nearly unconscious pocket. We are leaving behind China. We are headed out to Perth, Australia. We're waving goodbye to the boy band. They're bringing in more Russians. They're like, no, save us too. We're like, see you later. They definitely have a gimmick. They should try that next year. Each year they kidnap a different guy from a different country. I got this story from the Fordian map. We've talked about it a lot on this show. It's basically an interactive conspiracy theory iceberg with more information. And like the conspiracy theory iceberg, the Fordian map, sometimes you can't verify stuff. Sometimes it's just a phrase. Sometimes there's not a ton of information to really 
check out news reports or anything like that. I've tried with this story. I wasn't able to, but I find it a fascinating story nonetheless. Let's go ahead and take a look at what happened in Perth in the year 2016. There's a woman walking to her car. We're going to name her Samantha. Samantha's walking to her car. She's sitting in the parking lot. And she looks and she stops. And she's looking at her car. And she notices there's three men standing on top of it. <laughs> if it had just been two men, that's just another day in Perth. But three men, she pauses. She can't figure out why these three men are just standing on her car. They're all wearing yellow jackets and blue jeans. And one of them has a beard. Now, it doesn't say that they're talking to each other. It doesn't say that they're juggling. It just says that they're standing there. But of course, Samantha starts to get mad. And she's yelling. And the men are just standing there. And it's a little frightening. And they're not reacting to her cries to get off my car, dude. They're just standing there. And then she starts to get freaked out by it. It would be a bizarre scene it would be one thing if you walked down, there's a couple dudes standing on your car and they're wearing like leather jackets. They're tossing an apple up. They're like, hey, gramps. That's one thing. But if you just see the image of three people standing in your car and they're not moving, it's very unsettling. It would be really, really creepy to see. She starts to freak out and she starts saying, get off my car, get off my car. But they're simply standing there. Now, this is a parking lot. And other people are walking out to their cars and they hear this woman screaming. What are you screaming about? They're on my car. They won't get off my car. These guys, I, I, they're just standing there. And people look over. There's nobody on her car. And she is flipping out, as you would if you saw three people standing on the top of your car. And now other people are saying they don't exist. They're not there. So it's adding another layer to her mental distress. Somebody calls the cops, and they're like, hey, listen, this woman's out here. It's really funny. You should get out here real quick before she comes to. There's a woman out here who says that she sees three dudes standing on her car. There's no one here. So you don't know if it's drugs. You don't know if it's a mental illness, anything like that. The police show up, and they actually escort her to the hospital. And then people are kind of milling about. They're like, that was weird. That was like the most exciting thing that's happened in Perth in the year 2016. It was weird. She was saying people were standing on her car and everyone's kind of milling about. And then one of them goes, oh my God, look. That person sees three people standing on her car. Because it was still there. They didn't let her drive to the hospital. They're like, see you at the hospital, ma'am. And she just drives away. She's trying to drive all crazy so people fall off. Her car's still in the parking lot and someone goes, dude, there's three people on that car. So you have a crowd of people here. Someone else has seen them. And then somebody else goes, Oh my God, I can see him too. Yellow jackets, blue jeans. Next person goes, I, there's nobody on that car. But then two more people go, I know I can see him now. A bigger crowd grows because people are kind of being like, hey, dude, you got, you got to check this out. I might be losing my mind. Come and hang out down here. In the end, about 24 people see three men standing on this car. There are others who don't, though. And they again contact the authorities and say, hey, um, I think you might need to get a bigger hospital. We have 24 people down here who are hallucinating. This time, they bring down a hazmat team because maybe it's some sort of natural gas leak. They actually send people away. They kind of quarantine the area around the car. They're checking for gas. Nothing. They can't figure anything out. But people are still kind of standing around the perimeter, and some of them see the three men on the car, and other people don't. And after an hour and a half, the three men disappear. 
it's an interesting story because I think it would follow all of the steps of what would actually happen. You would have someone come out, they'd be very distressed, they'd be angry, then they'd be frustrated, and then they'd be weirded out that these people aren't moving and that other people can't see them. And you would assume that person's crazy, you'd call the authorities. And then when other people started seeing it, you would assume some sort of gas leak. But the question is, what were they? Was it some sort of toxin in the air that was affecting these people that Hazmat couldn't detect? Or they detected, but they didn't reveal? Because it was something that wasn't supposed to be leaked. The Hazmat guy was shopping earlier, and he's like, Hey guys, as we're driving out to the mall, I gotta admit, I dropped some trioxin there. They're like, you dummy. Was it mass hysteria? That's actually the most likely one. She might have gone a little mad. And then she was taken away and then other because she was telling people what they looked like. And then after she left, other people were hallucinating. That's the most likely thing. Then you look at other options like ghosts or aliens or interdimensional travelers. They were human. They wore yellow jackets and blue pants. It's just a weird story. It's one of those anomalies that seems to pop up when we research the paranormal. It doesn't really fit into a nice category. The nicest one, it most likely, is mass hallucination. But but outside of that, the paranormal answer, it doesn't fit into a nice category. Ghost, alien, anything like that. So it's one of those stories to remember and see if we encounter something like this in the future, research-wise. Not in real life. You don't want to walk out to your car tonight and there's someone just standing on your car. Or if so, take a picture. Just take a picture. Take a picture of your car and be like, Jason, I swear to God, there's someone standing on it. And send it to me at deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. Dr. Main, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys of the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this woman. She's like, no, I can still see them. They're creeping up behind me. She's like tied down to the hospital bed. And these three men are sneaking in. Oh, that's creepy. That's disturbing. No, we're not going to save her. We, we got the stuff to do. We got so much stuff to do. Dr. Main... Believe we're leaving this poor woman. He's like, I have a Hippocratic oath, dude. I have to save that woman. No, you're a wrestler now. Dr. Maine, we are leaving behind this helpless woman in Australia. We are headed out to Florence, Italy. In Florence, there's a man known as Girolamo Sagato, and he's sitting there at his desk in 1823, and he goes, hmm... I remember, because Jason started the story off in the wrong location, let me remember my time in Egypt. And then we're in his flashback. The year's 1818, it's Egypt, and Girolamo is at an archaeological dig. And he's, like, pointing at bones and things, and he's like, that's a bone. And they're like, why did we bring this dude along? We know that's a bone. Girolamo is at this archaeological dig in Egypt. He's actually like a naturalist. He loves to research stuff. And while he's in Egypt, he decides, you know what I want to specialize in? I want to figure out how the Egyptians mummified people, how they were able to preserve these bodies for so long. Mummification can happen. I'm not going to read a Wikipedia page on it, but mummification can happen accidentally. That's how it normally happens. People falling and basically it's like removing the water in the most simple forms. You're basically not letting the body decay. You're removing the moisture from the body. But it can happen accidentally by dying in a dry area, dying in a cave in the Andes. Or it can be done on purpose where people like in Egypt are mummifying the bodies to make them last as long as possible. But in 1818, it was still a mystery. He's still trying to figure out like how they did it. So he's really studying the mummification process. And he's sitting there and he goes, I think I can do it better. So now we're back in the year 1823. He's returned from his travels in Egypt. And he is perfecting the formula of mummification. 
Now remember, mummifications are made by desiccation. So removing the water, you can embalm it. But it looks like a mummy. It looks like someone who had all the water sucked out of them. They're all... They make that sound. They make that sound when you open the tomb. Girolamo figures out a way to preserve the body as well as the colors and the textures. And really, everything. You could see the pores in the skin. The only thing he couldn't keep was the elasticity. So he's trying, he's trying to make a marionette puppet. Hey, look at me, I'm a real boy now. I used to be, but now I'm dead. He could make statues of people. They looked and felt like statues. The description of these things were basically, if they were never destroyed, they would last forever. Like if someone didn't come with a sledgehammer and smash these things to pieces, you could have it in your garden forever human body turned into a piece of art and he could take a body he could perfectly preserve it there really there's a ton of photos of this guy's work this is not some obscure thing there's pieces of his literal pieces we'll get into that in a second but there's pieces of his in museums and everyone wanted to know how he did this i mean this was you know like the body works they have now where like the guy's guts the guy takes people's guts and like turns them into a statue it was that in 1823, and it was even better. It was taking a human body and it still being a human body, it just being hard as stone. But no one knew how he could do it, and he wasn't telling anyone. They knew he went to Egypt, right? He had that suitcase with a big Egypt sticker on it. And they go, how are you doing this? And he's like, listen, it's a secret. Took me a while to figure it out. I'm not going to share it with you guys, but look at my collection. This is where he goes from being a man who's figured out a way to preserve a human body better than nature could, better than the ancient rulers of Egypt could. He figured this out. First he's making these statues, and then he gets weird with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, you realize that you can keep a human body forever. So he gets super weird with it. He takes a woman's boobs, and that's it. And he perfectly preserves boobs. So you can go to a museum and you see these boobs. They came off of a human woman in the 1800s. They look like a plaster cast. But they're actually human boobs with all the muscle and the skin is pulled tight. Weird, right? I mean, at that point there, he's like, don't worry, guys. I'm going to work on this one myself. And they're like, is she going to want any assistance? He's like, no, no, I'll do this myself. I'll be up all night. And then he's like sleeping five minutes later. <sighs> that, was, that was a disgusting joke. Anyways, he takes a baby. <laughs> he takes a baby and peels the skin back. So it has bat wings. <laughs> so he's basically turning these people into weirdos now. Like the woman was more than just her boobs. But he just took her boobs, and who knows whatever happened to the rest of her body. He took a baby and peeled the skin back so you can see the baby's organs, and it has bat wings. Now, now that I'm describing it, you're probably thinking, Jason, maybe he was just peeling the skin back so you could get a good view of the organs. Maybe. But did he have to do the same thing to its face? I mean, it looks like a monster. It looks like the thing from Jeepers Creepers, but a foot tall. Then... He did this all in one night. He got real freaky with it. There is a table that looks like it's made out of hardwood. It's like this polished, designed table. It looks beautiful. But the inlay, so you have like the table proper, and then there's a square 
inside of the table. Like, that's the decorative part that usually, like, has, like, little things drawn in it. You can tell, you can tell I was a architect, interior designer in a previous life. He took human body parts and made these designs in the middle of the table. And they're indistinguishable from the hardwood. Like, it just looks like, a, if you didn't know what it was, it would look like a beautiful table. But now that you know what it is, it's like people's throats. It's like a bunch of disgusting vertebrae. And it was impossible. People cannot figure this out. And all of these artifacts, as far as I know, are still around. Someone might have been like, let's put them in the back. I'm tired of looking at this woman's boobs hanging on the wall. I don't even want to talk about that baby. I think late at night it comes alive and starts running around the museum. He became known as the Petrifier. Which, out of all nicknames, that one's actually pretty dope. That one sounds like you're a villain. Not a cool villain, but like at least a villain on like Darkwing Duck or something like that. A villain nonetheless. And people saw him as a villain. Um, not because people's babies kept going missing. He wouldn't share the secret. And there was two groups of people who hated him for that. One was obvious. It's 1820s. He's in Europe. People were thinking that he must know witchcraft. He must know the dark arts because there's no other way to do this. This was a curious one. I didn't think about this before. The other group that hated him were scientists because scientists were all about sharing information, being able to replicate experiments. So when they kept asking him and he refused to tell them, they actually started a whisper campaign against him as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually joined the he's a wizard side to fuel the flames of that, because they wanted that secret. He refused to give it out. When being faced with being called a wizard, practicing the dark arts, he destroyed all of his notes. He destroyed all of his notes, and then he told his best friend, Pellegrini, don't worry, don't worry, I know I destroyed all the notes, but this is groundbreaking stuff, so before I die, you know where this is going? Before I die, I will tell you how I did it, but I couldn't risk my notes getting out but he died prematurely so i don't know if one of his statues fell on him maybe that baby came alive in the middle of the night and ate him who knows but he died before he could tell pellegrini how he was doing it and to this day no one has ever figured out how he did it even the body works thing is different than what he was doing he could take a human body and maintain everything but the flexibility his epitaph, I thought this was really cool. The epitaph on his grave says, Here lies Girolamo Sagato, who would be intact, petrified, if the secret of his art had not died with him. And you think, had this been around in 1823, had this gotten out, had this procedure been revealed to the world, today you could go see Abraham Lincoln. You could go... You're like, I don't want to see Abraham Lincoln's giant corpse. I don't want to see him propped up with his brains coming out. You could go see world leaders exactly how they were. Vladimir Lenin just sitting in a box. Pfft, lame. You could actually have him. You could have a little voice box. And he's like at a museum. They would look exactly the same. You could... You're like, Jason, I don't want this world you're saying. But all of these leaders, all these people, and not just leaders, everyone, you're going you to have Elvis just standing there like, Jason, you're not making your case. Dude, I would be dope to be able to go to a museum and Tupac was standing there. Right? Just Tupac. 
And now, dude, Shock G and DMX. You're right. This would be a bad idea. I do not want their corpses. I do not want to go to a museum and see my musical idols. Dude, DMX, that sucks. I haven't talked about that on that show yet. And then Shock G. Both drugs, man. Gotta watch out for that stuff. But I don't want to go. Those guys are all huge musical icons for me. I would not want to go now I'm thinking about it about a dusty Tupac. Like Tupac's just standing in a museum in Nevada and every so often someone brushes him off. And it wouldn't be a wax figure. It'd actually be Tupac Shakur, the man who was born of his mother and grew up and was like scraping his knee and then <laughs> he scraped his knee in front of a record company and then got a record deal and then became a rapper and all this stuff and then got shot. And now he's just standing there. Never mind. I do not want, I do not want a future where Famous people are petrified forever. But I think it's really interesting. This story, and we'll end it like this. You think about how many ideas out there die like this. Like he had the wherewithal to go and study this, figure this out, and to perfect it and make a living out of it and make shows out of it. But you think about all the people who come up with really interesting inventions, world-saving procedures. Or just fun things. And for whatever reason, they never reveal it to the world. They may be scared. They may not have the funds to do it. And those ideas are lost to time. We know what this guy was capable of. And it was lost to time. You think about all of the other inventions out there that have just kind of fizzled away. When the only person who figured it out died. I know it's, I know it's a downer way to end an episode. But if anything, it should be a good a good thing. It should be a wake-up call. If you're working on a project, if you if you have a cadaver in your house right now and you figured out the perfect way to embalm it so it can last the ages, share that with the world. <laughs> call the authorities, let them know you have a body in the basement, but then also send an email to a scientist and be like, hey, as the authorities are about to raid my body farm, Here's how I did it. If you have an idea, if you have some sort of dream, if you have an invention, share it with the world. The worst that can happen, the idea dies with you. The best that can happen, sky's the limit. So let this be an inspiration to you. Don't die like Jiro Lamo. Share your ideas with the world. Make it a better place. A world full of dusty, dusty Tupacs and bat babies in every house. Dead Rabbit Radio, that would be horrible. World, if your idea is this, if your idea is how to make a bat baby in a dusty Tupac, that you can still share that. I just don't want any part of that world. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash Radio. Twitter is at Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.